0: yeah life is life is always changing right so your work-life balance is always changing and you, I think the the bottom line really is that you just have to be flexible enough to adapt to these changes rather than trying to pursue this destination work-life mm. balance you know what I mean
1: Debalancer. I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. Balances. this morning we are joined by a friend all the way from Sydney. Heyo Nguyen, welcome to The Balance Theory. I know we've been trying to tee up this chat for a little while now, but it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today.
0: It's good to be here, Erica. How are you going?
1: I'm good. Uh, we were just saying I'm sitting here in, in the sweltering heat and you're over there in the cold and yeah, trying to work yeah. out if we can do a tit-for-tat two, two weeks on, two weeks off to exactly. to switch it out, but... It's it's always that age old saying halfway through summer you want winter, halfway through winter you want summer. So, but yes, I'm, I'm right. all good over here.
0: <laughs> I'll try not to complain too much, but yeah, it's been freezing in Sydney and um, I'm not happy, but um, <laughs> right. we'll get there. <laughs> Absolutely. Now,
1: just so the listeners get a bit of a feel for who you are, what you do, can you share a little bit about just that?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I have... Kind of two roles. So um, I'm the head of content at the Nudge Group, and basically what we do is we work with startups and scale ups um, going through various stages of business growth. So whether that's pre-seed to Series A, all the way up to IPO, we help them. We help them with whatever they need to um, scale the business. So that's um, helping them with recruiting the right talent for their business, um, putting, putting them to the right legal advice, um, introducing them to investors, uh, and um, also, like um, I guess raising their profile with our media channels, we have two media channels. Um, so whatever it is they need to scale and grow, we're kind of there to help them. Um, my other role is I'm the editor in chief of Balance the Grind, which is how um, I guess me and you met. Um, is a work life balance publication, um, started out as a side project I launched in 2019. Um, I ended up interviewing Steve Grace, uh, the CEO of Nudge Group, and um, you know one thing led to another, and he ended up acquiring Balance the Grind, and here we are.
1: Awesome! And so now, so obviously, since he's acquired it, is your role like you know between Monday to Friday, you kind of just work between the two, or is Balance the Grind a bit more of a
0: hobby for you? No, no, I'm literally balancing Balance the Grind and Nudge um, <laughs> Group um, throughout the week, so it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, so I, I do a lot of the marketing, um, content, some social for the Nudge Group. And then I, I had run um, the editorial operations for the Nudge Group. Uh, sorry, Bounce the Grind. Um, sorry, I'm getting confused between the two now.
1: <laughs> They're one in um, the same now, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, so I do a lot of interviewing, outreach, um, writing the daily routine. So, yeah, it's a, it's a busy, busy role, but I love it. I wouldn't, you know, trade it for anything.
1: Absolutely. Now, I, I definitely want to get a little bit more into balance of grind. But just before we move on, so the Nudge Group has their own podcast. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, our CEO yeah tell Steve us a goes, bit about that. He's uh, he's uh, he's awesome on on the podcast. He's um, he's becoming a bit of a media personality these days. <laughs> so, um, given a nudge is the name of the podcast, and he um, interviews startup founders, um, people in the startup ecosystem investors people like that um just about their 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 startup journey um very free-flowing conversation um super casual and comes out every every sunday and yeah yeah it's it's definitely um worth a listen if you're in that in the startup world and even if you're not and you're just curious about it i think it's uh, a it's a great podcast good insight yeah good insight so um no bias at all from me but um yeah it's a great it's a great startup podcast
1: no, cool. I've, I've, ne- I've never had a recommendation for a podcast in the startup land, so always good yeah. to have one on the books. Um, I'm really it's curious at, uh what drove you to start Balance the Grind. What was the, I guess, moment you had the idea and what was the purpose of you actually doing that?
0: Yeah, so um, Balance the Grind actually started, I, I told you, 2019 before, but really it started back in 2016. And I was really getting into the um, health and fitness world. I was just, you know, trying um, different training methods, a lot of that stuff. And I just wanted a place to kind of document that. Um, that idea kind of fell flat. But I, I had Balanced the Grind as the website. Um, and then in 2019, um, I became a new parent. Um, and I just wanted to read about how other parents were balancing work and life. And I couldn't really find anything Um not like a in like an interview hub or anything like that, where I just wanted to keep reading lots of uh, regular interviews about other parents. So I decided to kind of create my own. So I spun Balance Grind from health and fitness into a work-life um, balance publication. And date, we've interviewed um, over 2000 people. We've published close to 200 successful daily routines. So those are daily routines on people like Bill Gates, um, Michelle Obama, The Rock. So that's that's different from the interviews because we're going out and researching and um mm. and putting those articles together. Um and yeah, we're now we're now a team of five and it's um but we're just kind of getting started. It's uh it's it's gone from this publication to this becoming this um platform, which is super exciting. Where we're going to have like contributors such as yourself um, coming on board, and we're going to have membership um tiers. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. That's why we've been so um crazy busy these past few. Months, but yeah, super exciting.
1: No, that's so exciting, and um, it's really funny because I, I guess I was sort of in the same boat. I I started to think about my life balance and really wanted to turn somewhere where I could I could just you know consume information that would help me consider and think about look at my balance a little bit more critically. Um, and so I, I suppose through doing now the podcast, I can do that through having all these awesome conversations and, and hopefully exactly. impart that onto everyone else. But it's so cool to meet other people with a, a like-minded vision. I'm curious. So with over 2000 interviews, are there any like common threads you find that people say when they talk about their balance? Or are there any really standout things that that you've really taken away? Just, just in terms of really helping people rethink life balance. Because on, on the balance theory, right, when we talk about balance or achieving your life balance. It's not about having this perfect work-life balance for things are 50-50 and everything's equal and and always feels great. It's it's looking, okay, we've got our health, our relationships and our categories of fulfilment, whether that be your work or your hobbies, whatever falls into that area. And your unique balance is any combination of those at any moment in life. So I assume when you be, I'm not a parent yet, um, (laughs) but I assume when you became a parent, you know, your life balance had to flip a lot. Maybe the area of your relationships and your health had to take priority of your fulfilment. But it's not to say you have you should feel guilty because they're not all equal, because I was really struggling with the guilt um, at different moments in my life where I was putting a lot of eggs into the fulfillment category. And I realized, hang on, as long as I don't let go of any area at any moment in life, like I'm sweet. This is just my balance right here, right now. So I'm really curious to hear if you've had any sort of common threads or really interesting takes on balance through your 2000 plus
0: interviews. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Because I've interviewed those 2000 people. Um and everyone's different. Every single interview is different. There's, it's, it's really difficult to pinpoint like a single common thread or routine or a habit that you know you could you could compile them together. Um, everyone's different. But what I do find a lot of people talk about is that um, work-life balance is more of a process rather than you know this. Mm. This place that you reach, then suddenly your balance and everything's all good. It's always mm. changing. You're always gonna have to um, reevaluate and kind of just self reflect. So work life balance, there's a lot of self reflection. You kind of have to check in with yourself um, regularly, which is great, right? Because I that's something I I do once a week. Um, just kind of see whether um, you know I'm happy with my job and relationship, whether I'm spending enough time with um, my son Frankie, and whether like. I'm getting the most out of my like creative endeavors and, and my my training. So there's lots of little um, uh, balls that you're kind of juggling in the air, and you mm. just want to make sure that you're giving them all attention. But yeah, life is life is always changing, right? So your work life balance is always changing, and you, I think the the bottom line really is that you just have to be flexible enough to adapt to these changes rather than trying to pursue this destination work-life balance mm. do you know what I mean yeah it's, it's, absolutely it's hard I, I really don't I, I've, I've been running the website for a few years now and I have no idea about work-life balance like I couldn't give you <laughs> I couldn't really talk to you about that much about it because it's just always changing and I'm always learning which is which is great because I get to talk to so many people and I'm and yeah it's, it's just like I can do this thing forever
1: yeah yeah no I think that's a brilliant response because the whole point is that you don't reach balance it is just a part of your life and it's the way I kind of like to look at it is um you know say you've got balances like the midpoint you've got your high moments in life like the really enjoyable standout moments and then you've got the low points and life is purely like a dance or balance is a dance just between the two so you're always just trying to kind of keep afloat or work out what's going to work for you. And and I love to talk about how balance is sometimes you have to ask yourself in the morning, what do I need today to feel balanced? So it's not looking macro, like what does my whole life work balance yeah. look like? It's it's micro, like, you know, what about the next hour? What what can I do to bring balance back into my life today? Or, you know, if you've had a crazy day at work, like how can I recalibrate and spend time with my loved ones? But so I really love that you've said that because it's absolutely true and I can, I can back that tenfold by saying everyone I've interviewed as well has a completely different take and I think that's the way it should be and I think if if any if anyone listening takes away one thing from this podcast it's that you should never try and carbon copy somebody else's version of balance or or definition of balance which is why I'm really trying to encourage people to steer away from say using the work-life balance just direct formula yeah. for their life because I just think at different moments it looks completely different. Sometimes you've got to prioritise work or life. And and so I love that that there's no set answer. I love that you've also found that through your interviews um, and, and that it's just different all the time. But I love that you've also mentioned that you check in and reflect with yourself weekly, which is so important when you think about it because with all the combinations of external factors, internal factors, you know, your balance could really get away from you if you're not self-reflecting and I was actually having this conversation with a friend yesterday he came over for dinner with my fiance and I and we were chatting about how to do like that reflection and that self-development is actually like you've got to be proactive with it and and I feel like in moments in my life where I haven't been proactive with doing stuff like that it's kind of um, caught up to me and I've kind of felt into a position where I've got no choice but to self-reflect so I feel yeah. like if you don't do the work ongoingly you kind of force into a corner where you have no choice so I think that's yeah. brilliant that you're already in that habit but I wanted to ask you what does that look like for you is it journaling is it um, just pondering or asking yourself questions can you take us through what that weekly check-in looks like
0: I like that word pondering yeah that's <laughs> what I do I don't I don't, I don't journal I don't um, yeah I don't write my thoughts down although that that is a great idea and I, and I should be but yeah I, I like to ponder. So. Um, I come into the city twice, twice a week, um, by choice that is, because our, our company is remote first. We can work wherever we want, however we want, which is great, uh, which is another part of you know, work-life balance, which we can talk about later. Um, but yeah, I, go, I come into the city twice a week, and um, it's, a, it's an hour train journey each, um, each way. Um, and a lot of people, I could imagine, would hate that, right? But actually, for me, it's great because it's it's time to um, listen to my podcasts, um, time to listen to music. I listen to a lot of um, albums, so it's, it's great catch up time. But it's also time to just to kind of kind of disconnect. I don't do any work on the train. I don't really read. I just sometimes just sit there and I think. And those are great moments for like self reflection, just pondering and yeah, seeing if you're if you're. How you're feeling whether you're happy whether you know there are this some some needs that uh, aren't be addressed um, but yeah it's a it's, it's good to have that time out in the week it doesn't have to be an hour train ride each time It can just be like 15 minutes on a Friday mm. or, or a Wednesday but as long as you kind of have that time I, I'm reluctant to say schedule that time in to think about it because you don't want to make it you know this forceful Force. habit but yeah exactly but just kind of you know having a time in the week or a month or you know whatever works for you just to think about how you're going you know ask yourself how am i doing and um whether i'm happy then you can kind of go from there but yeah that's Mm -hmm. how i do it i'm I'm not i'm not sure how um what works for everyone else but some people like to journal you might you might like to do that but yeah kind of find out what works for you in terms of you know just regular check-ins
1: Absolutely. That's something I call no agenda time. So whether you want to schedule that in or not, it's just a moment in your day where you have no agenda and you can just let your mind, your intuition, your body, whatever, just do whatever you feel like in the moment. And it's so funny you've said that because um, I'm the sort of the same because I'm so go, go, go. When I get on the train, it's like the when I used to commute into the city, (laughs) I was exactly the same. Like that's, I don't have to focus on driving. I have zero control over how quickly or slowly I'm going to get somewhere. Like all I can do is just surrender and be on that train. So I feel like that is also the perfect moment and throw in like some rain outside and you feel like it's like a dramatic introspective (laughs) like session of your life. It's There's something so cinematic about just like staring out of the window on the train and popping some music. Yeah, yeah, and you just feel sure. like you're in a movie. But yeah, <laughs> I sure. absolutely like know what you mean. Like I, I, I do find it's quite easy to zone out. It is quite soothing just just staring out while you're not really driving, and you don't have to worry yeah. about traffic or you know red lights or turning. You know, it's just you're just sitting and chilling out. That's that was also yeah. my podcast time. Um, but but one thing that sort of springs to mind having this conversation is if you if anyone listening is thinking about their schedule, right, their daily schedule, and thinking, oh. I don't really have any space to do that because that's what it is. It's just creating a bit of space for you to reflect. Then I want you to think about maybe like a habit you currently have that is automatic. So let's say brushing your teeth, having a shower, something you do without thought. Like you don't really need to put a lot of um, ambition behind it. And that's an opportunity for you to use the technique called habit stacking. So that's when you want to integrate a new habit and you're like finding that. it hard, or you feel like you don't have time to do it in your day, you can stack it onto something that's already automatic. Obviously, at the beginning, it's going to feel a little bit like, oh, I'm going to have to remember to do this thing. But after a while, as you know, with habits, it, they sort of kick in and become automatic. So if you pick something you already do automatically, like let's say, and you want to create a bit more space in your day. So let's say every time you have a shower, you're going to just use that moment to reflect and and just ask yourself those questions. You know, How am I feeling? Do I feel satisfied in the areas of my life? Is there anything I want to improve and just have that space for reflection? I think that's really, really powerful. So I'm quite grateful you brought that up because I think it's not something a lot of people um, always include when we talk about balance, but I actually think if you take the time to do that on an ongoing basis, it's being proactive to a degree where you're not going to be forced to do it one day. Because I've seen and I've experienced myself in life where you kind of get too busy to, yeah. to do those sorts of things, and then you hit a hit a, a point where it's like, okay, I kind of have no choice now. I have to extra do this all in one go, and it's a lot harder and a lot deeper. Kind of at that point.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you call it habit stacking. We're we're doing the push up challenge at work at the moment. So from the first to the twenty fourth of um, June, we all have to do. I think it's three thousand push ups each, and the whole the whole team's in, in on it, which is awesome. So. Um, Uh, I think each day it ranges between 100 to 200 push ups, which is quite a a lot of push ups. That's a lot. If you're also training as well. So, what I've kind of done in terms of like habit stacking is every time I send an email, I just do 10 push ups and then break
1: it up. Yeah.
0: Because of of the amount of emails that I send a day, I (laughs) zoom through 200 push ups real quick. But I'm sore at the end of the day and I hate it, but you know, we're going to hit that number really quick.
1: Yeah, well, you you sent me two replies in the last 24 hours, so I'm thinking that's 20 from (laughs) me already. (laughs) How good. Oh, that's great. Now, I know we've kind of spoken a little bit about, I guess, your self-reflection and a little bit about your um, habits, a little sneak peek. I I wanted to know if you haven't answered already, like what would you say if I asked you what does balance mean to you? How would you answer that?
0: Yeah, it's a a really tough question. Um, It's a really great question too. The short answer is um, I don't really know um the the long answer i guess is it has something to do with um managing your energy and what finding out what provides you with energy and what drains you mm. and then having the ability to structure your day or week or month around that so um I, it's funny because I, I work i work a lot and i I, I do really long hours so i wake up at um sometimes i wake up at four and i'll start working at 4 30 and that that can stretch all the way into, you know, six at night, seven at night, just because of the different time zones we work on. But I rarely, I haven't been burnt out over the past year, which is when I've started a Nudge. And I think it's because the way I've been managing my energy, I know what, what kind of drains me. So I, so I structure my week around that. So for example, I don't like meetings i don't I don't think anyone likes meetings, but I really try and avoid meetings as much as possible. The meetings that I can't avoid I stack them on like a Monday or a Tuesday and i and I'll stack Get them like out of the meetings way. exactly and then um so i'll I'll have maybe two days full of meetings and i'll and I'll just feel drained and i'll and I'll hate it but then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It'll be a lot of my creative work, my deep work, and I'll get to write and I'll get to, you know, plan and do all these cool things. And then by the end of the week, I, I feel re-energized. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't think balance is more, is about time, it's about energy because um, I'm, I'm okay working really long hours as long as I'm working on things that um, energize me and don't drain me. Mm. And, yeah, I think that's what I've figured out so far. But um, ask me tomorrow and my answer might change and ask me the week after that, it'll change again. uh, yeah uh, and so
1: it should so it should because your life's changing right but I actually love that that's really beautiful that balance is not about your time it's about your energy and that really brings in this concept of like is what you're doing sustainable so at the end of the day like if you're going to do the 16-hour days and that's you know you're, you're on a roll and you're feeling fulfilled and in general in your life you feel happy then that's great that's your balance at that moment in time if your energy is kind of meeting or um, at the same level as what you want to be doing, then I think then you're balanced in that regard, if that makes sense. So I think that's a really good way to look at it and, and also be a little bit introspective and question, okay, not only what am I doing in terms of tasks and, and, and I know kind of our conversation is focused more around the work-life um, scenario, but, but even like people you're seeing, like if they're draining you, different activities you're doing or, or obligatory type events like with family or, or things like that as well i think it's important to note. okay does it drain me if you can't take it off your schedule what are some other things you can kind of put some padding around it can you do like some extra self-care that day or whatever it is to notice your energy
0: i love that and yeah no i i loved that um answer and and i think it all comes back to that kind of checking in with yourself and just seeing mm. you know and really trying to understand yourself as well um like we said it's just whatever stimulates you and whatever drains you and kind of structuring your your daily routine or your weekly routine around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If I told you there was a device that not only tracked your sleep, exercise and your menstrual cycle, but also gave you suggestions for how you should be training every day based off your performance in those areas, would you believe me? I'll spare you the suspense because WHOOP have perfected this in their smartwatch and since using it, I have become more confident, understanding and learning from my body's intuitive signals. I love reviewing my sleep performance every morning and comparing it with the rest of my week to see how having one or two coffees later in the day or reading before bed changes my sleep quality. Yes, you can track all of these things and more like alcoholic drinks, whether you felt socially fulfilled that day, meditated, etc., to see what combination gives you the best quality of sleep. The best part for us women as well is it also factors in our menstrual cycle. You know how I have heaps of guests on that talk about training with your cycle? This literally takes the guesswork out of remembering which part of the month is better for what and will cue you and actually make suggestions every morning on what style is more appropriate. So on the first day of my cycle, it reminds me that based off where my hormones are at, resistance training is more appropriate. And what's crazy is it always reflects exactly how I'm feeling. It's been game changing for my balance because it honors that every day is different and reminds me that I intuitively know these things, but teaches me how to listen to them. If you want to try it out for yourself, click the link in the show notes and get your first month free. Now let's get back to the episode. Now I have a specific question about this because I think it's all well and good to be like, yeah, well, I really don't like meetings or I really hate emails. And so I'm kind of going to try and minimize that. What what about people who are listening who work for somebody else and they don't really have much choice or wiggle room in the tasks that they get to do, what advice would you sort of have for them for how they can still maybe manage their energy or their time in a way that feels a little bit more balanced for them? And we're talking about like a nine-to-five nine to
0: five work or
1: whatever, yeah. even if you work out of those hours. I'm just saying like a, a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I mean the first thing you, you should be doing is talking to your um, – your manager, right? And Just kind of have, opening up that dialogue and letting them know that because um, it all—it all starts with the conversation. Letting them know that you know being in meetings all day long really drains you, and you don't, you don't, you know, get to do your best work. And maybe there's a way where you can, um, like myself, I do, I do the meetings on um, particular days, and then um, I get to do the other work on the other days to energize me. Um, but I, I really like your tip about kind of padding. The, the, the task or the, the things that drain you with extra self-care rituals right so mm. I don't know maybe if you have you know a day full of meetings and maybe at the end of the at the end of the day you throw in like a gym session or like a yoga session just to kind of or even in the middle of the day if you can to kind of kind of you know just to break Recalibrate. yeah exactly mm. um but yeah it's tricky I mean you would hope that organizations these days, with COVID kind of opening up a lot of people's eyes and a lot of the workforce's eyes are more open to stuff like that, to like mental mm. health and, uh, and, and self-care and, and just understanding that work isn't this nine to five being chained to your desk, but really is about, you know, the outputs and the results and, you know, kind of that fulfillment. Um, but yeah, you know, I I understand that I'm in a very fortunate position to be working in you know this role where I can do um this this, this great work that, are, that that really fulfills me um and I can also manage my time and structure my day the way I like so you know so I understand that not everyone has a privilege but yeah it's it's, it's like this ongoing process that you kind of have to work towards too. I mean I didn't have this my whole career um I've been I've been in the marketing and communications industry for 10 years and it was just something that I had to keep working towards and you know mm. with myself and trying to understand myself how I work and then working towards it
1: yeah yeah definitely it's an ongoing journey um and I appreciate that not everyone would be in that position where they can actually create that structure in their day but I, I think you raise a really good point and that's just opening up the conversation like I think a lot of people are afraid to even ask the question uh not you know not even knowing if it would be something that would be worth having a conversation about I think I think that's definitely worth doing because then at least you know your position, you know, okay, there's going to be some wiggle room here in terms of like how I can structure my work day or there's there's no wiggle room at all. And the reason I think that's important is I look back to my previous job when I was working at a a private practice firm and I would say largely my tasks were pretty set. Like there wasn't really much wiggle room in like, I would rather do less of that and more of that. But what I did start to pay attention to was what I was actually enjoying. And that would be work I would try and ask for more of, right? So you can, you can start with that if, if you're in like a, I don't know exactly. if any lawyers are listening or yeah. anything remotely similar where you kind of have a, a different scale of work to ask for.
0: Another I thing
1: I think is interesting is to actually look at your day, right? And, and write down all the tasks that you do. And what I did was I broke it down into what, are, what ones are non-negotiable. So what ones are part of the role you can't avoid, they have to be done. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to attend those meetings. Sometimes you have to just respond to those emails or do those spreadsheets. They're non-negotiables. They're a part of the role. They, they come hand in hand with the job. You kind of can't avoid that. But I think if you really get critical, right, and you, you nail it down to everything you do in a day or if you keep a log for a single day, you'll notice there are probably a lot of things you do that are not necessary, Yeah, and almost time fillers. Um, And I think just taking note of that, they could also be sucking your energy a lot. So if you are using those to just buffer in between tasks you don't like, that's also dragging out tasks you don't like. So I think if you are really interested in this or are really keen to maybe provide a little bit more balance or, or notice your energy, I suppose, in your work and you feel like you you are a bit constrained, I think keeping a log and just noticing what you're actually doing in and amongst those parameters is really important. And then having the conversation is secondhand to that. And then thirdly, if you feel like you're in a place that's just not really working to match your energy, I mean, I'd say you probably should start looking or reach out yeah, to a recruiter. Yeah. Um, there's exactly. a lot of a lot of places out there and, and I think, I think it's a hot market, especially like when I was leaving Sydney, like there's a lot of, a lot of roles going and, and a lot of businesses that post-COVID have, like you said, incorporated that flexibility now and are appreciating that people have personal lives too. And so I think there's kind of no excuse if you're not happy in a role. I think there's so many options um, I, I appreciate that that some people need to work for financial means, but I think there are options if you're not happy. And I don't think anybody should settle because it's not worth the energy. It drains from your personal life, exactly. how you show up as a parent, how you show up for your body and your health, how you show up, you know, as a sibling or a friend. So I don't think any of those are worth the drainage that comes from being in a job that sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely agree. Um, reach out to the nudge group um you know we don't we, we work with clients who provide that flexibility um but yeah no i really like that that idea that you had about kind of auditing your day and seeing where your time goes i talk to a lot of people and um i kind of like because i talk a lot about daily routines or work-life balance and a lot of people talk to me about how they don't have time um for for you know certain things going to the gym or or writing or starting their own business and these are things that they all they've always wanted to do but they just um they tell me they didn't do it because they don't have the time but then they're also the type of people who are always caught up on the latest netflix show and they're always the ones who are like always scrolling through social media and they're always up to date and commenting and liking engaging and yeah and, and, and i guess if you order your your time throughout the day you'll see that there's a lot of places where your time just gets sucked I, I never scroll on Instagram or, or any or any social media if I'm on social media it's for a reason like I'm posting something or I'm sharing something or you know I'm sending something to my partner to you know check out this this playground for Frankie, something like that mm-hmm. but I'm never just like mindlessly scrolling because like that an hour goes and then you know we're, 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 your time just gets sucked and it's just meaningless content so yeah, but stay off Instagram. Well, no, don't <laughs> just stay off mindlessly scrolling in your script. but um, yeah, yeah, it's going yeah. To other things. But yeah.
1: yeah, I have a small a small caveat on this because I was I've definitely have fallen victim to the mindless scrolling, and it was taking up a lot of my time right? And it was really impacting my productivity. And so I know I just spoke very briefly about auditing like your workday, but off the back of this conversation, obviously that can extend to your entire week, especially if you feel like you don't have time for your health, which is, should be one of your number one priorities. However, I do feel like, so when we, when we're talking about like that, no agenda time, sometimes you just need those things that are going to help you switch off, right? So you just said, you're only going on Instagram if you have an intention. Yeah. And I think an intention can also be I just actually want to scroll for 5 or 10 minutes, sure. but the note there being have an end time. Like set yeah, yourself exactly. a timer, so, you know, have the intention that it's only going to be for 10 or 15 minutes because I find because I'm on, I, I do a lot of the social media for our e business. I have to be on like looking at trends and creating the content And that can be quite draining. And then it's like, where do I draw the line between when it's for work and when it's for personal? So I think just having that intention with your activities and what you're doing in your spare time is really, really important. But absolutely, if you're somebody listening who feels like you've got no time, you need to do a time audit, which means from Monday through to Sunday, audit your time, keep a log every single day of what you do, because we all have 168 hours. I think you minus 56 for sleep on average. 38 on average for work, let's say another seven for commuting/slash eating, a little bit more. You end up being left with like, I, I remember I did like some reels about it, and there's also an episode about it. But if you take away the high-level ticket things like work, gym, commuting, eating, and sleeping, you're still left with like 40, 50 hours, which is huge. That's, That's a couple awesome. hours every single day. Um, and I know that was enough for me to kickstart the podcast and do the business. And, you know, so if you're someone listening who can't make time for the gym, definitely do a gym audit. If you can't make time to read or meditate or, you know, start that side hobby you've been thinking about, do a time audit because you you will actually, um, you you may be pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised at where your time's going, but it's a really, really good check-in. And one I think everyone should do even like twice a year just to recalibrate and make sure how you're spending your time is reflective of, of what you want, right? Because we have this idea of balance or we have these goals But if the way we're spending our time is not serving our or fueling our journey towards those things, then we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. You're kind of setting a bar that you can't really meet. So I think this is such an important part of going within and being introspective to really give yourself the best chance at living the life
0: that you want most. I love that. That's a quote right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Send it to me. I'll post it. <laughs> Good. Just um, what do they do? They put like little hashtags. And Anyway, my mind's going yeah. somewhere else. Um, just before I let you go, I want to flip kind of the conversation. So we've been speaking a lot about you and I, individual people, looking at balance, um, you know, working for an organization, etc. Shoe on the other foot. If we're running a business, you know, whether it be an organization, even if you're a manager running a team, how can... They genuinely provide options to kind of instill balance, and and I say genuinely because I've seen a lot of um, wellnessy type programs for the sake of wellnessy type programs. You know, like just chucking a basket of fruit um, yeah. in the office or having a masseuse in the office. You know, I think at the end of the day, a lot of these things um, are not encouraging people to be at home with their families, which I think sometimes is really what balance. Can be all about. It's not about keeping you in the office longer. So I'm curious on your thoughts um, and through your experience and your interviews, what are some ways that people can genuinely provide balance in the workplace?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's so great that you mentioned those, um, this quote-unquote wellness programs because, like, I don't care about ping pong tables or you know beer on tap or any of that stuff at a workplace. You know, all that all that kind of startup cliche. Just give me flexibility, and you mm. know, I'll, and I, I'll be the best worker ever. You kind of, you just have to let people figure out how and how they work best, and let them decide for themselves. It's like, like we've been talking this whole conversation: work-life balance, and you know, people's routines is different across every individual. So you can't have these sweeping rules for for the whole um, company. You can't mm. have. People, you know, everyone has to come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they can work from home Tuesday and Thursday. The stuff like that I don't think works. Um, I think those are those are attempts by companies to promote, you know, work-life balance and, you know, get on the work from Ticket home. Ticket box. Exactly. But I don't think they're, they're, they they're genuinely help. So some people like remote work. Some people don't like coming into the office at all. Some people like hybrid. Some people are early birds and they like to get, you know, started really early in the day and then, you know, finish up at like two, two o'clock and then go to the beach. Some people, I know a lot of people who are much more creative during the um, later hours in the day. So, you know, they might, t- they might start work at 11 o'clock, but they're, you know, up till midnight, kind of creating all these awesome websites and these awesome designs. So I think to put it simply, and um, I don't, I'm not sure if simply is, is, is the right way to do it, but for me, I think you just, you hire the right people, you provide them with the, the trust and autonomy. And you just figure out how they work best, and then you just let them go. Do you know, and, then, yeah. and they'll figure it out for, for themselves. They'll figure out how to structure their day and they'll, and I think that will end up being more beneficial for your company rather than instilling these, these rigid rules that, um, have the pretense of of work-life balance or, or remote, work yeah. like any of those programs or the, any of those wellness programs that you mentioned
1: yeah absolutely because it's almost like flexibility but still within parameters so it's not really flexibility it's just looking like it's being flexible um and i think that's a really good point because ultimately i think the reason a lot of well i'm looking back at like past places i've worked in and the reason they've been hesitant it's almost like they don't trust that people will do the work but i look at it right if i stand back and look at it and go you're giving somebody a better life experience, you're giving someone more time with their children or you're allowing somebody, you know, to, to pick up their kids and then be at home with them and maybe log on back later on in the night or you're allowing someone who is actually a night bird to have their sleep in, come in later in the day and, and, and stay on later at night. Those are all things that are actually going to make people more productive because it's more tailored to how they work, exactly what you've said. Exactly. So I think it it's really going to be like a top-down approach. Now, know I know a lot of companies, especially those that are managed by maybe younger generation or people who are more open-minded have already started to make that shift. But I think for a lot of more traditional institutions, it's definitely a slower push. Um, Something like law firms, and I can only speak from my experience, um, I think will take a lot longer to get there just because the way they're run. But I just think that at the end of the day, if you respect people's time, their output is just going to tenfold because they're going to be happier being in the workplace um, and it's it's allowing them to access the energy in a way that actually works for them. So I think absolutely, if anyone listening runs their own organisation, manages a team, I think actually just asking the question of how how do people like to work, actually asking that rather than assuming oh, everyone's going to love three days from home or two days from home, just actually asking people. Um, and if you can offer it a little bit more of a tailored approach, I think that's something I would have really, really appreciated um, yeah. in any of my
0: past jobs. It's, it's so funny because I remember working for this older company um, and one of the managers was like, um, how do I know my, my team is doing the work if I can't see them actually doing it? Because um, he was against working from home and, and I was thinking, if you're worried about your team actually doing the work or not, you're already in trouble. Like the, yeah. that's not even a remote work. Or a work from home issue, issue. That, is, uh, that is just a totally different issue with hiring and you know you as a manager and all that. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's um, it's a uh, it's a tough uh, issue for some people to get their head, head around. But um, yeah, hopefully it feels like it's trending towards um the right the right uh, progression. So, yes, yeah, yes, optimistic about it.
1: Absolutely. I think, I think it's definitely great to see a lot more businesses on board, but I I know there are a lot of small business owners that listen to this. So it's just something good to start thinking about, you know, if, and when you start building out your team or start hiring in other organizations to help you out, just to keep that in mind that everybody works a little bit differently. And, um, you know, just, just keeping that in the back of your mind when you're, even when you're having expectations, you know, if you're expecting that people reply straight away in the morning, some people might be doing the emails in the afternoon, you know, just bringing in that that element to help you I guess have a bit of empathy that you're not the only one that has a unique uh, working lifestyle. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening are going to be inspired now to take a little bit more control of their work day or just their work fulfillment. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Sometimes we would land into jobs that, you know, we don't jump out of bed for joy for, but if it fulfills a need of yours and and it contributes to you as a person in all the areas of your life, I think that that's, you can't ask for anything else, right?
0: Exactly. I love that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sitting down with me this morning. I'm so excited to see, I guess, the new um, part of the platform that's being launched. Um, And of course, as soon as the articles keep coming out. I mean, I'll pop links to those that are already live in the show notes below, but as they keep coming out, I'll be sharing them on my socials. So if you guys aren't following, jump over and follow us on Instagram. Um, how, if people want to connect with you or any of the businesses that you're affiliated with, where's the best place they can do so? And I'll pop some links as well below.
0: Yeah, LinkedIn would be great. Um, yeah, I'm, all, I'm always on LinkedIn. So, uh, yeah, head on over there and connect with me.
1: All righty. Thank you so much. And um, looking forward to seeing where Balance the Grind goes.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Erica.